This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Here, here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we welcome Andrew Martonic. He's from Android Central, and we'll talk about Google I.O., but also about possible new problems facing the Samsung Galaxy Note 7. A little bit later, we'll hear from Kirk McElhern. He's the iTunes guy, and of course, he has Kirkville. So this is going to be an exciting episode of the Tech Night Out Live. Andrew, welcome to the show. And before we get moving with the various things of interest this week, tell me more about Android Central. So I've been at Android Central for a few years now, and Android Central has really changed and evolved to a really cool place where the name Android doesn't really do it justice because Android has evolved into such a huge thing to, I mean, we're going to talk about Google today and we're going to talk about Samsung and all kinds of different awesome uh, stuff. So Android Central has expanded to just, we cover everything that Android could touch So it could be your home entertainment stuff, virtual reality, your car, all your Google services. So we're a website that that covers all of that from an enthusiast perspective. We all love this stuff deeply and use it every single day. And that's why we're super excited. And we, we talk about it to all of our readers all the time. You're not afraid to give Google some tough love, right? Uh, no, of course not. Uh, or anyone for that matter. We, we don't play favorites. We're, we're all about what works the best. So Samsung releases the Galaxy Note 7, I guess in August, right? Late right, August? right. Okay. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but some suggest Samsung got it out a little bit earlier because they wanted to get a leg up on the iPhone 7. Any truth to that? Well... I think that the big thing, if I, if you don't mind, I'm just to step back one level and say that Please. all of these companies know exactly what's going on in the rest of the industry, and if they if they don't, they're they're doing their jobs wrong. Well, so, also remember, Samsung is selling billions of dollars a year of parts to Apple, so somebody of, of knows course. something. <laughs> they know what's going on, roughly. Of course, everybody's pretty in the dark about you know, specific days for launches and things like that. So the fact is that the Note 7 launched, I think, less than one week earlier than the previous Note did the year before. These development cycles for these phones are really long, several months uh, up to a year in advance. So it's hard to know whether something was pushed up or not if we don't know what internally the initial projected launch time was. Obviously, they wanted to get out before the iPhone, but I, I want to emphasize that I think that that decision to get out ahead of the iPhone was probably made six, seven, eight, nine months ahead of time because they have to make tens of millions of these things. You can't turn that ship on a dime. So, Andrew, in this sense, then, this may have been pretty much part of the development cycle, but maybe it sounds better from 
a media point of view to say, yeah, they rushed it out. But a week is not really a rush. And as you say, Samsung knows Apple's going to have their new iPhones introduced probably within the first 10 days of September. They'll go on sale a week or 10 days later. So this is no mystery. No, I mean, for somebody that watches the industry closely, you know, as we do, it's not that surprising to me. Of course, they could have put the screws to different component makers or really said, like, come on, let's go. We have to get this out as far as shipping right after the announcement goes. You know, we see a lot of long lead times sometimes where a lot of different manufacturers, they announce a phone and then they sell it six or eight weeks later. But Samsung stood on stage in New York and announced the thing and said, it goes on sale this week. So that was a big point of pride. And so I know that they wanted to get that out right away. I just don't know how much we can put those two things together and say this caused any issues in the supply chain ahead of time. Now, we understand Samsung's a responsible company. There are hundreds of millions of Samsung products out there, not just smartphones. Far beyond phones. Far beyond. Oh, you know, refrigerators, washing machines, TV sets, they sell an awful lot of TV sets. You know, they're up there in the top two or three makers with Vizio and everything. They're selling tons of TV sets. I remember in the early 2000s, I had one of those 50-inch Star Trek projection TVs. Do you remember that? Uh, Oh, yeah. And that's big for that time, 50-inch. Wow. I love that set. I mean, it looked totally unique. And it wasn't something that you can put on a TV cabinet or something because it had it's a complete unit in and of Mm -hmm. itself it it was the furniture exactly and until you know i got a regular flat panel set that was my go-to tv set so i respect samsung and i had some good interactions with the people there i've reviewed samsung products so obviously samsung it doesn't want to build a smartphone with a bad battery but what went wrong you know, this has been obviously what everybody has been racking their brains over because this is this has been a month long episode now. I mean, I remember we were in Berlin for the uh, IFA trade show, which is a big mobile and beyond, but mostly mobile trade show. And right before the show started, this uh, the first reports started coming out like, OK, Note 7s are catching on fire. How isolated is it? We don't know. And so we were all sitting there together like, how does something this big happen, not knowing that three and four weeks on, we'd still be dealing with it? Samsung obviously isn't going to be super transparent about the situation, not not publicly. You know, they're not going to come out and say, here is exactly what the problem was. Obviously, they're saying they think they fixed it because they, they made millions of new ones. But I honestly don't know how something this big happens. But I do know that Samsung did a good job at first of dealing with it. They got way out ahead of the official Consumer Product Safety Commission recall. But the problem is, after that, they were looking at there might still be some issues. They still have lots of units that haven't been recalled yet. We're really, this has gone on too long from my perspective. Okay, so supposedly someone who exchanged a Galaxy Note 7 at AT&T for the new model, which has, what, a green battery icon? Yeah, and I've actually, I actually have an AT&T model sitting on the charger right on my desk here. And it, uh, yeah, Do you have a fire extinguisher a... handy? <laughs> I don't, but I wonder if I should take this one off my uh, wireless charger. It's been, uh, it went with me to San Francisco and back this week, so it, it survived. But yeah, it has a green 
battery everywhere that the battery is displayed it's a green icon which is supposed to be like your your safety notice on the phone that it's a safe one well okay so this one supposedly is a fixed one taken aboard a southwest airlines flight at louisville it was just about to take off was it before the thing started yeah smoking yeah and so the report report goes that uh he you know, all, all these, I mean, I've taken a lot of flights since the uh, Note 7 was first uh, recalled. And all of the uh, flight attendants always say, you know, in light of recent events, yada, 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 the FAA says that you should turn off your phone and not charge it. So this guy turns it off, puts it in his pocket. And apparently during the boarding process, it it starts, it, it overheats and I don't know if you could say catches fire. But these batteries, it, it's a chemical reaction burn so it's not like you know six inch tall flames standing out of it it's more of like it's a chemical burn and he and he said it, it he dropped it on the ground and it burned through the carpet and the subfloor of the plane and they, they evacuated everybody before the flight even took off thankfully all right this is the problem that infected the first batch so yes is it possible samsung mistakenly shipped this and marked it or flashed it, however they provide that green icon, as fixed, that it was just a shipping error? Or does Samsung have more work to do? We'll find out more from Andrew Martonic. He is the executive editor of Android Central. And if they don't know what's going on with Android, where else can you go? It just seems like the go-to <laughs> place. And by the way, a little bit later, not much later, we're just going to get past this and what's going on with the Samsung. A little bit later, we'll talk about Google I.O. and Pixel phone by Google. Hmm. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Back to the music in a minute, but first I've got a special free giveaway. I've got 100 free trials of the Belly Flattening Breakthrough New Biotics here, and I've been authorized to give them away to the station's first 100 callers right now. So if you want to see what you'd look like with a flatter belly, call now. Don't even wait till I stop talking. Only one free trial per caller, though. Don't be greedy. Okay, here's the number. 1-800-983-5628. I'm guessing it works pretty fast because it says here that if your belly flattening 
results are too dramatic, you're supposed to reduce use to every other day. And it looks like it's made from natural ingredients, too. Scientifically formulated to cleanse pounds of toxic sludge from your body. Okay, this is it. If you want a flatter belly, be one of the first 100 callers right now to claim one of these free trials. 1-800-983-5628. If lines are busy, try again. 1-800-983-5628. Call now for details. 1-800-983-5628. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Andrew Martonic. Welcoming him to the show for the first time from Android Central. I'm glad to have you aboard, man. And, you know, we're all concerned about electronic products that develop defects. Okay, so I understand the Consumer Product Safety Commission is going to look into this. But Mm -hmm. what does Samsung do? Do they just stop again in their tracks and stop distributing these things? See, this is really the tough part. We mentioned that this recent event on this Southwest flight was apparently a fixed Note 7. It's tough because Samsung, like uh, we talked about, it took so long uh, to get through all this. We're we're a month out from these first incident reports. Uh, So they tried really hard to get all of these new phones out into channels. And you have to remember, 
they're going to Best Buys, they're going to Amazon, they're going to B&H Photo, they're going to all the carrier stores, hundreds of carrier stores around the U.S., and that's just the U.S. Now we have all these different regions they recalled it in. It wouldn't be surprising to me, although it'd be very upsetting, to see that an old unit got marked as new and put back out there, and this guy got extremely unlucky to go through the refund process and get a new one. But beyond that, I I have to say, I mean, I'm looking at my desk and trying to count how many phones I have here. The phones all have high-capacity lithium-ion batteries. They are inherently dangerous, and I think it's a good reminder to everyone that batteries fail in phones all the time, not just the Note 7. So we have a little bit of this confirmation bias now that any time that a Note 7 has a battery issue or any Samsung phone that, oh, it must be a crazy, you know, irresponsible Samsung problem. And I I don't think that's always the case. Now, looking online, to be very fair, I do see scattered reports over the years of Samsung phone batteries overheating. But I think that happens with anyone. It's happened with Apple. Occasionally, very rarely, something goes wrong. But we're talking here about something that got that reputation. Now, does Samsung have to go back now and physically check every unit to make sure the serial numbers represent the fixed ones? What do they do? This is the trouble because once these phones get out in the wild, they get out in the channel, their time to check these was in the quality assurance department, which unfortunately the quality control on these phones is never 100% any consumer product. It just can't be. I would have hoped that Samsung would have taken an extra level of quality assurance care to make sure that if you have a repeat issue after you've come out and exclaimed that everything is fine, that's what's really going to sink your ship. Now, I don't know how it would work with Samsung. With an iPhone, during the activation process, if there was a problem, Apple could block the activation because they're handling it right through the carrier. In the case of Samsung, if you buy it from AT&T, it's being activated by AT&T, not Samsung. So do they have to go to each carrier and have them do some kind of verify check when it's activated to make sure this is a fixed phone? The situation they did is they just used the IMEI numbers, the identifying individual numbers for the phones. And that's why the fixed ones are in this database of IMEIs that has the green battery icons. And those are, they said, when you scan this barcode, it's going to tell you whether or not it's good or not. And then you sell it. It's not surprising to me if one of them got through the cracks. But like I said, this is the problem for Samsung is they can't let them get through the cracks. That that can't happen now. They already were fighting an extremely uphill battle with the Note 7 brand. And now they're talking about, at this point, if this continues on for, geez, if we're into November and this is still an issue. I mean, we know that the Note 7 brand is completely tarnished and effectively dead. Now they got to start thinking about their next big phone. Like, is that going to carry over? I think the expensive thing and the right thing to do would be for Samsung to say, stop, we're recalling all of them. We're not going to sell them. It's going to be like Volkswagens with diesel engines. <laughs> right. No more sale. Forget about it. We're not going to take a chance. We believe in being a responsible company. We're going to thoroughly investigate this, but no more Galaxy Note 7s will be sold. We will give you refunds, full refunds on the ones you have. They're all recalled. End of story. Wipe it off the books now. Take the hit now. 
Sure, it may be hundreds of millions of dollars, whatever the write down is. Take the write down. Donald Trump can do it. Take the write down because the more this thing persists, the more that brand, not just that product will be tarnished because there's going to be a Galaxy S8 or something coming what, sure. next spring. There's going to be other products that Samsung has to sell. And if the iPhone 7 does better than many expect, and now we have Google competing with its own suppliers, its own partners right. with this Pixel phone, Samsung really is really going to have a problem here. I mean, I think if anyone inside of Samsung still saw this going on a month later, they, they may have reevaluated the way to handle things. But I think that the way they, they looked at it in the first week and the second week, they thought they had it handled. Even at this massive scale, I mean, Samsung's a gigantic company, way bigger than anybody can imagine. When you really look at it, they thought that they had this handled in the first two weeks. And they said, oh, we replaced 90% of the phones and we have compatibility checkers to know if it's safe and all this other stuff. They did not expect that this would still be a thing another two weeks on. And I think that now they're so deep that, yeah, I don't think that it's crazy to say, hey, maybe they should have just canned it all together. But they, they were so confident that they had this problem fixed and they could resurrect some of that brand that they stuck with it, not knowing the internal politics of who's in trouble right now. I'm sure a lot of people are in trouble inside of Samsung, but not knowing those politics, I don't know how easily it would have been to just call the whole thing off. I don't think they have a choice. Keep us informed. Let's see how it works out. Of course. Let's take a look now at Google, what Google's doing, because we have Samsung, and that's been the number one smartphone maker on the planet the number one Android handset maker on the planet. And they've been, what, playing around with Tizen. Is that how it's pronounced? This yeah, of course. With this other operating system that never seems to get finished. Okay, Google has had the Nexus phones in the past, but Nexus is basically just a branding built by separate smartphone makers, correct? Right. This has been going on with Google since 2009, They've partnered with different manufacturers. And the idea there was, this was back when Android was was very small. And they said, we want to help all these companies kind of learn the way of making really nice Android phones. So we're going to partner with them. We're going to help them with design and software chops and pretty much just teach them how to build a really nice phone. And then we as Google are going to sell it. And it's going to be branded a Nexus phone. And it's going to kind of be the pinnacle of what Android phones are from Google's perspective. So they've done this every single year with phones and tablets. They've partnered with HTC, LG, Asus. Samsung made two of the Nexus phones, the Nexus S and the Galaxy Nexus. So they've partnered with a lot of companies to to build these phones. And then, as we'll talk about, they got rid of the Nexus brand. Let's break it here, Andrew. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. We have... Andrew Martonic of Android Central. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Warning! If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-954-9674. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-954-9674. That's 1-800-954-9674. 1-800-954-9674. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. 
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Just want to remind you, if you'd like to have a pure vanilla version of this show, you know, kind of like what Google intended for Nexus, without the commercials, better quality audio, subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. So, Andrew Martonic, the Nexus branding was to be the vanilla version the flagship version of these products to show other companies what to do, whether they listened or not. Now, they could have done that already this year. Instead, they said, no, let's have Pixel, phone by Google, which is kind of a long, awkward name, but we just call it Pixel, which sounds much better. Why then does Google want to try to build it themselves? I mean, Google doesn't have experience as a manufacturer. Their efforts when they bought Motorola Mobility didn't go anywhere. So where does Google get the hubris to say, we can build them? Well, so there are two parts of this. The The Pixel name is actually a reused name that they've used before for two um, Chromebooks, super high-end Chromebook laptops that they actually made themselves technically. They, they commissioned a manufacturer to build Pixel Chromebooks, and they also made their own tablet called the Pixel C. Now, these were very small products in, in the grand scheme of things, especially even by Nexus standards, which which don't sell like Galaxy phones or iPhones. The interesting thing was, like you said, that they bought Motorola and then that really didn't work out and they offloaded Motorola. But Rick Osterloh from Motorola came back to Google now and is leading this new hardware effort inside of Google. So there's a very interesting dichotomy there that they offload a Motorola, but then Rick and a lot of other Motorola employees came back to Google to head up this hardware effort. And I, I think that the important part here is they're obviously confident, but the important thing for people that liked Nexus phones was this is a complete change of pace. Okay, so let's look at what we have here. I'm looking at the specs and everything, and it comes across mostly as a decent high-end Android smartphone. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're comparing this to a Galaxy S7. You're comparing this to an iPhone 7. So if you take like a Google Pixel XL, and you're looking at the others, the specs are in the ballpark Mm -hmm. of a high-end Android phone. So we assume it's going to perform similarly. It's priced similarly. And the thing I wonder here also, it's starting out, although they have an unlocked version, it's starting out exclusive to Verizon Wireless. Now, we have a point here where wouldn't they be better off aggressively pushing this into more carriers? Or is this right now an experiment on their part? We don't know what's going to happen. This is our first time doing this ourselves. Let's see what kind of response we get. Let's see what we have to do to make it better. Is that where it is to be cautious? Yeah. The interesting thing is that they've tried the carrier partnership thing a couple of times with the Nexuses before, where they, they did a Verizon partnership with the Galaxy Nexus before. They've made the Nexus 6 available on AT&T and Verizon. The last couple Nexuses were available from T-Mobile and Sprint. So 
they've always done weird little partnerships. I think that you're right that they just, they're trying it out because the carriers are a tough nut to crack and they, they can't get all of them on board with all of the requirements that they have. And it's very interesting that Verizon would be the one that they choose. But for me, the important part is that they sell it through their own carrier offering Project Fi, which is kind of a dark horse. That's the full stack Google experience, hardware, software, services, carrier, all through Google. And they also sell it unlocked, which is starting to be with financing, we should say, that they, they will finance it directly when you buy unlocked, which is really the, the big point nowadays because people don't really buy on contracts anymore. Other than the fact that maybe I'm aching never to buy another Samsung smartphone <laughs> because I'm worried about them. I'm looking at this and saying, all right, we've got HTC, we've got LG, we've got Motorola Mobility. What do I get out of Pixel other than a pure vanilla Android experience? Or is that a lot of it right there? I mean, I think that is a lot of it. I think the big selling point from Google, like you said, it's Pixel comma phone by Google. And they're using this branding made by Google, which is part of this big hardware and software ecosystem push where they talk about you have the phones and you have all these accessories and these different things. They all work together. They're building that kind of story because they know that when you just look at spec sheets, all the phones on the high end kind of look the same. You really got to differentiate on those software and services. Now, I don't think the fact that it's like a clean software experience itself is going to sell phones, but Google is trying to sell the integration and the simplicity and it's got support for two years and you have all of this other you know little stuff that adds up on the back end. Like we have this huge company Google, you know them, they're making the software and services on the phone. So it's a sense they're trying to be like Apple, integrate everything as much as possible. You deal with Google for everything. You have 24-7 support, that kind of thing. Yeah. Now I'm looking at kind of early specs here and early ratings. There is a site called DXO Mark, mm-hmm. which rated it. And it did note, though, the Pixel camera, quote, didn't perform as well as some of the other flagship phones as it lost details in the shadows. And what we're talking about is they're comparing it to a Galaxy X7. Of course, Samsung has great cameras. We all know Samsung Mm -hmm. makes great cameras. The iPhone 7 has a great camera. So it's not really coming up to those quite yet. So the question here is, other than the integrated Google experience, what is Pixel giving me? Again, if I want Android, I still don't have to buy Samsung. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. We have this huge audience on Android Central, and we we have an open discussion in the comment threads and in our forums where we talk about these things back and forth forever and ever. (laughs) But that's the big thing is that I think that you can't point to a single individual thing on the Pixel and Pixel XL and say that that's why you should buy it. I think it really is that full ecosystem, full stack play where you can say you get the support and you know you're going to get software updates for two years and your phone is going to be secure and it has the integration with Google services. They're offering unlimited uh, full resolution photo backup from the pixels. And like I said, I I really think that the Project Fi Google-owned carrier is, is an interesting little wrinkle that when you talk about vertically integrated companies, Apple doesn't even offer that except for, you know, on its iPads, it offers something similar. But you can't go into Apple and just get the phone only from them, including the service. Google can offer that. 
And if you're all in like that, it's a pretty darn good experience where you don't have to go get tossed between all these different companies. Now, the thing here is Google's carrier, what are they doing? Buying space from another carrier? Right. And it's a very, it's very small right now. Not a lot of people use it. Um, it actually, it, it's just like other prepaid carriers. They buy up a bunch of data or slots from T-Mobile and AT&T and the like and, and build it out into a prepaid carrier. So Project Fi, it uses Sprint, T-Mobile and US Cellular all together, actually. So you kind of get this three network situation where and Wi-Fi. So it does Wi-Fi calling and Wi-Fi texting and all that. And it's kind of this you don't think about it kind of thing. It's all just built in on the back end. Your phone just works. That's a pretty big selling point, uh, I think, for the people that actually find out about it. The problem is they're all tied into their, their current carrier, and it's kind of a hassle to switch carriers. Now, that's another big issue here, too. I am a company that has licensed Android, and I see Google is now competing with me. See, with Apple, it's Apple. That's it. So, yes, you can buy it from all sorts of carriers, but that's just a normal alternative and option that you make. Whatever carrier you like, you'll probably get an iPhone for it. Here we have one carrier, unless you use Google or buy it unlocked. But you have all these companies now that suddenly Google is competing with its own partners. It's not like Nexus where they're selecting one of the partners to build a branded phone. Here is they're doing it themselves and doing what Microsoft is doing with the Surface. They're competing with their partners. How does that stack up? There's got to be a problem there. We've got more to come with Andrew Martonic and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's L-E-M-K-E soft dot D-E slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Introduce 
introducing the fastest growing digital currency company in the world, OneLife. With over 2.1 million members, OneCoin is becoming the most powerful force in digital currency. It reached over a billion dollars in revenue in its first year. No other company has accomplished such an impressive feat. Now you can achieve financial independence with the strength of OneLife. Find out how to build your financial dreams. 877-933-4747. 877-933-4747. Dedicated to helping you create financial abundance. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro One G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P R O P U R U S A.com. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using the computer or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair Pair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So we're talking to the people who know it all, Android Central, about Pixel, phone by Google. And my response here is, okay, we have the product there, and it's obviously something that is intriguing that Google is making this play to do it themselves. But how do their partners, how are they going to feel about this? If Pixel's really a big success someday, I don't expect the first model with just one partner for carrier and Google's own branded carrier. We're talking about if this thing starts taking off. Does Samsung say, forget Google, we'll go to Tizen? Uh, this is a really big question, and it's one that they've been, they as in, you know, all of us talking, uh, you know, analytically about it, have been talking about for a couple of years now where they say every time that Google does a little more to kind of pull this in, pull Android in and do its own thing, we think, 
Where is this going to break? When are the partners going to leave? I don't think they really realistically have anywhere to go. Samsung has the best shot. Like we said, it's a huge company. They're pretty vertically integrated in terms of they make all their own components and they can do these sorts of things. The real issue is even if somebody like Samsung wants to go to use Tizen, which they use, um, I'm looking at my wrist right now, they uh, on their wearables, they use Tizen on their, their gear watches and their fitness trackers. If they wanted to use Tizen on their phones, that's all fine and dandy. The problem is the app ecosystem as we know, is hugely important. Samsung and others just can't, they can't just walk away from Android, the ecosystem of apps. There, there's nearly 2 million Android apps in the Google Play Store, and you can't walk away and, from that and expect your customers to follow. So it's that lock-in, or they'd have to develop a way for it to be able also to run Android apps. We saw this with Amazon, of course. They're still doing it with their with their Fire tablets where they made a version of Android that can run all these Android apps but doesn't have the Google stuff. And so it's technically compatible, but you're now you're courting developers to bring their Android apps over and it's a new thing to support and it doesn't work exactly the same way as Google's Android. So there are some kind of finicky issues. Tizen has the same kind of compatibility layer. Tizen is... Um, an operating system co-developed with Samsung and Intel and a couple of other partners. It can run Android apps, but the problem is you're not going to be able to get a million or a million and a half developers to just bring their Android apps over to Samsung's Galaxy App Store. It would take years and years, and that's just not time that we have. I mean, I think you would agree that we're we're pretty well matured in the current level of mobile software and, and mobile apps. Well, the thing is now it's iOS, it's Android. That's it, folks. Yeah. BlackBerry, they'll stop making smartphones. I guess after Hillary Clinton's BlackBerry was destroyed with a hammer, they realized we can't do this anymore. (laughs) So I'm serious. It's really kind of sad that a company that was a pioneer in an industry can't do it anymore. Microsoft went nowhere with their smartphones. So it's it's just Android. It's just Apple. But again... Google is going to have to explain a lot to its partners. And I think the one thing Google mm-hmm. still needs to do and work out is the fragmentation problem, because that's instantly solved with Pixel. You know, you'll never have a problem with a security update because you get it from Google. But what does Google do with all these companies now where it's a scattered mess and a lot of the people buy new smartphones and they have two-year-old operating systems when Google is going there and touting all the great features of the latest Android that they'll never get. Is that an area where Google has to work hard to keep its partners from saying, you know what, is this worth it? Especially the yeah. lesser partners that aren't making money from it. Yeah, I think that that's the big issue. It, on the on the Pixel side, on the consumer-facing side, it makes sense from the consumer side. If you buy a Pixel, you're not going to be worried about who's delivering my update, when is it coming, am I going to be secure, You know, who do I turn to for support? The answer for all of those things is Google. And they've shown that they can make that stuff happen when they control the whole thing with, with Nexus phones and previous Pixel devices. The real question is on Google's back end, <laughs> they're going to have to spin this positively with the partners, obviously. The head of Android, Hiroshi Lockheimer, has already come out and said, okay, we silo our 
own Google hardware division from the Android part. It's kind of hard to believe, right? But they say, we're going to silo this out. We're still going to work with partners. If LG wants to talk to us about a new phone or we want to, you know, we're going to help them develop a new phone and the people making the pixels are not going to know anything about it. They're going to have to really do that over and over and over again to show the partners that they care. So maybe they're going to have to change the way they deal with their partners. They might have to go a little more hands-on and a little more um, hand-holding to make sure that they can prove to them that they're not going to abandon them, even though these Pixel phones are happening. All right. Well, this may take a lot of salesmanship. They're going to have to be finessed. Have you heard any early reaction from Android partners now that this has happened? I realize we're only a couple of days removed as we record this episode yeah, the the interesting thing is we we hear little rumblings. Like, of course, the manufacturers are going to project positivity. Like, okay, that's just a phone. Like, look, we still have all this other good stuff happening. We saw Motorola of of all companies. So I guess it's Lenovo now came out the same day and said, these are all the phones that we're going to upgrade to Android 7.0. Look, we're, like we're still making our own phones, and these, you know, we still partner with Google. So they have to project positivity. They have, to, you know, they can't openly feud with Google because in the same way that Google doesn't want to let the partners go, the partners aren't in any position of power. They can't really fight it either. So they kind of have to just say, well, we make all this great stuff. You know, here's our announcement about updates or new products or or, or whatever. Off the record, they may be saying something different. Uh, I, I haven't heard much from from the different manufacturers yet, though. I suspect we're going to be hearing things quietly. This is all going to be coming down the pike that this is not something that they can just take sitting down. Again, they may look at it, though, and say, you know what? As long as Google doesn't sell a lot of these, and there's no guarantee they will, because they're going to have to put a lot of money into advertising. And look what Samsung does. They're going to have to put that level of advertising into it. They're going to have to make it widely available. And they're going to have to differentiate itself from the pack more than the integration thing, which I think to most Android users is just going to go over their heads. Not attacking anybody's intelligence, but it's not going to make so much of a deal to them. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're internally thinking, like how much it's going to take uh, as far as advertising and marketing. But they have to know that this first launch you know, it, it's probably not going to be a runaway hit on the same level of even second tier uh, manufacturers. We we keep talking about Samsung being the pinnacle of sales. But even if you look at LG, um, Moto, HTC, like the these manufacturers that we think of as not selling anywhere near Samsung or Apple, but are still selling millions and millions of phones a quarter. The pixels would have to be a wild success even even to catch those manufacturers. And and that's just something new for Google that they're going to have to, you know, because they have so much success in other areas that aren't hardware. Um, they have really high expectations for themselves. And I think it's going to take a couple of a couple of cycles of this to get people to, to catch on. OK. Pixel phones. So right now it's. A decent phone with the specialty of full integration with Google services and Google support. We'll see how it does. I think the big thing here is because it's the first time Google has made a phone, even though 
They've got experienced executives running that division. It's going to take a while to get out the kinks, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we even see, I mean, this is the first time that it's coming all in-house. So that alone is a big deal. And especially if you want to try to operate on a on a massive scale. That's one thing if you want to sell 1 million devices a month like they did um, with a like a Nexus 7 tablet that was cheap and widely available. It's a different thing when maybe you want to try to sell three, four, five million a month. And now you have all these customers and you need to do warranty support and you need to manage uh, all the sales and you need to manage, you know, just device updates and all these things that you start being completely culpable for it. The blame cannot go anywhere else. If something is wrong with one of these pixel phones, it's all on Google and, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be road bumps in that, in that uh, pursuit. Andrew Martinek of Android Central. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're on the Tech Nine on Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
Andrew Martinick of Android Central joins us talking about Pixel, comma, phone by Google. All right. We know about the phone. Next couple of segments, let's just maybe briefly look at the other stuff. Augmented reality, stuff like that. A lot of stuff going on there. What's happening? Yeah. So the other part of this uh, big announcement, which I guess didn't really have a, a name other than we just called it the October 4th Google event. But the big thing was it wasn't just pixels. It was all of the software and services coming together on various hardware. So the big one for a lot of people was uh, they came out with their new, what they call Daydream View, their um, virtual reality headset. So they talked about this back at Google I.O. Early in the, earlier in the year, and now it's coming out. Daydream is their new spec for all Android phones to potentially work in a generic virtual reality headset, just like we've seen with Samsung phones going into their own virtual reality headset. They're going to be selling it themselves. It's $80. It's a really good entry-level way to get into virtual reality. And this has kind of been evolving from a pet project where we saw Google Cardboard a couple of years ago, and it started to be popular, but kind of just this little thing. They're way more serious about it now. It's just one of the things that obviously helps them compete directly with Samsung, but also um, get out ahead of the likes of Apple, who's not doing virtual reality yet. Well, we don't know what Apple's doing because Apple usually doesn't announce a product or service until it's pretty much ready. Sure. That's a big difference from Google. Google will beta. They'll publicly beta different products and services for years. Sometimes or most of the time, they never become products. And like I said, they they uh, just straight up announced Daydream at Google I.O. earlier this year and said, this is the spec and there are going to be headsets and it's going to work with new phones from all these companies. And then they came out and launched their own Daydream headset. But they're saying, hey, anybody can make a compatible headset. You just have to follow these guidelines. So it's just a difference in, in approach. But I think that's one part of this announcement, of course. The other parts are not so open. They they are just straight up Google products where we have a new Google Wi-Fi router, a new home assistant artificial intelligence device called Google Home, and we have a, a brand new Chromecast as well. And those aren't open devices that anybody can make. These are just Google's own devices, just like the Pixels. Let's look at some of those here. Now, the Chromecast has been very successful. A lot of it is it's cheap. This one isn't so cheap, right. but it's got 4K. And easily the most the most successful Google hardware product ever. They talked about having well over 30 million of these sold in just a couple of years, which is extremely impressive. Uh, I remember being in San Francisco for the original Chromecast announcement that came completely out of left field. We had no idea they were working on it. And I thought, oh, this is kind of neat. And a couple years later, they have tens of millions in households all over. It went expensive. It's $70 now, which is starting to be on the entry level where people consider like a low-end Roku or, or something like that. But I still think it's a it's an impulse purchase level uh, device because it enables so much. It has 4K streaming from you know Netflix and Hulu and Google Play Movies. If you're one of these people that just bought a 4K TV that just cost you two or three thousand dollars, you know seventy bucks to put a Chromecast on, it's not that expensive, and now you have all this 4K stuff available to you. Now Vizio has sponsored has partnered with Google with all their new sets. They feature Android tablets for remotes. 
and they include Google Cast, the protocol, which is this interesting other level. So you have Chromecast, the device, and then you have Google Cast, the standard, I guess. And that can be built into speakers. It can be built into TVs. It can be built into set-top boxes. That's where it gets confusing. You know, what do you choose? Do you buy a TV that has it built in? Do you buy a a dumber TV and plug in a Chromecast or, you know, that's, that's the confusing part for some people. Okay. 4k support. Now the big thing about 4k is not the 4k because a lot of people never see the 4k because they don't have a big enough screen or they're not close enough to the set. And I don't know about the quality of Netflix or anything else. My broadband internet is like on the borderline in terms of being fast enough. The other issue here is There's a new wrinkle in 4K sets, which is the high dynamic range color, the wider color gamut. Is any of that going to be part of Chromecast or is it strictly 4K? So Chromecast can also handle HDR, which is really impressive for a device that's this small. It's still very small. It requires an external power supply, of course, but it's still very small. And the old Chromecast could, could in no way handle it in terms of power. So 4K and HDR is great. It's funny for a $70 device to be future-proof, but mostly for future-proofing because a lot of the 4K TVs that people bought in the initial uptake of 4K don't have HDR. So it's really something that for somebody that's buying a TV next year and the year after that, which of course the Chromecast will continue to be on sale. I have a 4K Vizio TV, an NVIDIA Shield Android TV that does 4K, and Netflix looks you know, it looks pretty good, but it's never going to rival local 4K playback from a hard drive or a, a local media streamer. Uh, pulling it down over the internet, even on very high speeds, doesn't look quite as good. Okay, so for most people then, 4K streaming, other than consuming lots of bandwidth, is not such a big deal, but it sounds real good. Of course, it sounds good. And I mean, here's the thing. If you buy a 4K TV, you're going to try to find as much stuff as possible. So when, you know, your friends and family come over, you say, hey, look at all, look at how great this looks. Most of the greatness that you're seeing is the fact that your old TV was 10 years old and the new one's brand new and it it looks great even at 1080p. And that's what I found on on my Vizio, which is a a nice P-series Vizio that has, you know, all the, the bells and whistles. Netflix, the nice thing is if 4K is available and you have the internet speed, it just does it. You don't have to go looking for anything specific. Uh, it'll stream as high quality as it can. But like you said, if if you don't have fast enough internet, you're not going to get it anyway. I mean, I think Netflix asks for 20 or 25 megabits per second sustained for 4K, and not a lot of people have that. You know, even if you have 50, it may not be 25 sustained because as soon as somebody else uses it in your household... Right. It's right. going to go I mean, right I, down there. So I'm 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 spoiled with 100 megabits per second uh, fiber optic Internet. So I never have to think about it. Uh, but I'm in the very, very small minority of people that that have sustained Internet like that. And so I think about the people that are on DSL or on a slower cable connection. They're never going to see it anyway. Um, and for them, they might just go buy the, the last generation Chromecast for 20 bucks and, and call it a day. Maybe not see much of a difference or any difference. Okay. Right. Other than Chromecast, we have the Wi-Fi router. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I read the reviews of the first generation of this router, and it was kind of buggy. Right. So this is generation two then. So the first generation was called an on-hub router. And this, it's it's kind of interesting. It is gen two. You're right. Um, But it's 
just completely different at the same time. It's a, it's not a one central router for the house idea. It's buy as many of these little things that are about the size of a small Bluetooth speaker or a couple hockey pucks stacked on top of each other. And you put them all over the house and you give one your home internet connection and then it hops the internet connection to all these different base stations that just need power. And then it spreads out Wi-Fi and does smart things where it connects certain devices to certain routers that work the best or it lets you manage, you know, I want this one, you know, I want maybe my Chromecast to take priority so it can get 4K Netflix and other devices are going to have to slow down to give that Chromecast extra bandwidth. Uh, So it does a lot of smart stuff like that. But a lot of people, they just use whatever router that they've been using for five or 10 years. And I think it's going to be a tough sell to get them to buy this Google's really trying to sell a three pack of these wireless routers for $300. And that's a lot of money for people to spend on a wireless router when they usually spent what, 40, 50, $60 on one. Well, unless you buy one of these high end routers where they're two, of course, of course, you know, like a Linksys or an Apple airport, we've got Andrew Martinick and he is the executive editor of Android central. We're looking at the Google conference unnamed on October 4th, more to come on the tech night out live. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's lemkesoft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. 
Pure water filters, making water great again. Taste and feel the difference with state-of-the-art filter technology. Pro One G2.0 and Pro Max filters are independent lab-tested to NSF standards. Choose from gravity, countertop, pitcher, shower, and inline filtration products. There's a Pro Pure for you. Buy risk-free today. Visit your authorized Pro Pure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So, Andrew... We look at this new Wi-Fi router sold in packs of three. Shouldn't one router be enough for most homes? It is. I think, I mean, I live in a small downtown apartment. I, I don't need multiple routers for my apartment. And I I feel like when I look around everywhere in, in this, uh, I live in Seattle, in this city, people don't have enough square footage to require uh, three or four little routers. And for that, for those people, it's going to seem like overkill. I know that you know some people, if you have a three or four bedroom house, you have a basement or you have two stories, sure, it, it might make sense if you're really going to nerd out about a lot of this stuff. So um, then you would use two of them as repeaters. Right. Here's the big thing for a lot of people, if they have you know a cable internet connection, it's going to be sitting there right in the living room where they have their TV for their cable box. The bedrooms in the house may be at the opposite end of the house upstairs. And so putting the router right there next to the TV doesn't make the most sense. That's where Google's coming from. They say, you know, you've always been able to buy repeaters for your router, but they're they're kind of clunky. They don't interface well. This is kind of set it and forget it technology. You just plug it into the wall and then it just does everything for you. 
But that's not to say that it's not overkill for a lot of people who could spend half the price, you know, $150 on one router, and that could cover their house as well. This is more of just a general play where Google realizes we're going to give you a lot of stuff that you can buy that's all wireless only. So, of course, we have to make a router, too. The only thing that bothers me, it has one Internet port, one Ethernet port on each one. That bothers me because a lot of the routers I've worked with are going to have usually three or four Ethernet ports. And there are sometimes advantages to going direct to the wired connection when you could do that. Because then, like your an Apple TV is going to work, or a Roku is going to work with an Ethernet port, isn't it? And even yeah. if you're if you want your pay per view or something like that, you can plug your cable or satellite box into one. So that kind of bothers me. Now my internet setup is very weird. I have no internet router per se. It's a distributed system offered to everybody in this housing development. It's free broadband. It's not. Great speed broadband, not great speed, it's average speeds, but it's consistent. And where I live right now, with a little juggling, the installer has an Ethernet jack direct to the connection in my second bedroom, which is my office, in the master bedroom, and in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So I could theoretically here put three routers in there, three Wi-Fi routers, and do all sorts of stuff. Obviously, they have to be repeaters because we're still taking the same connection. Right. But I have different options than a lot of people might have. Yeah, obviously not everybody's so lucky. I have a similar situation where my uh, building has fiber optic internet, and so I just have an ethernet jack on the wall. I don't have a modem or anything like that. So I have the same ability where I could plug in the multiple ethernet jacks. And I think for a lot of people, they're, they're not uh, so fortunate to have that kind of connectivity, but they're on the other side where even if they had it, they wouldn't want to deal with it anyway. And I agree, some things are best wired. And that was a big annoyance with the original OnHub was the same way. It just had one in, one out for Ethernet. And of course, you can set up another switch or something, but people don't want to deal with that either. Google is really all about the wireless world. And so they're going to say, well, most people don't use it anyway, so we're just going to make it wireless and that helps it keep it small. It's Google, so they're going to try to keep things simple right now. Uh, the tech enthusiast kind of people are probably still going to be better off with like you know a nice Asus router that has the six built-in Ethernet jacks and has a lot of configuration and all that kind of stuff. But I, I really do think for the average person with a larger house that they have bad connectivity in, this is a good choice. Now, that's a small group of people, right? That's not a... That, you know, once you take out the enthusiasts, you take out the people with smaller homes or you take out the people that don't care. You know, that's going to be a pretty small group of people that are going to want uh, Google Wi-Fi. Also, I think that Google should just sell one. I mean, yeah. this marketing doesn't even make sense to me. Sell one, sell it through Best Buy. Yeah. So right now they're offering, well, it's not technically on sale yet, of course, as most of these things uh, announced on Tuesday aren't. But they... um they're going to sell one eventually for $130, which these routers are so small that I'm worried because they're designed to work in packs, right? I'm worried that one is not going to be powerful enough. So it's kind of this weird thing where you can sell one, but it's for like a small apartment or something because they're really designed to work in packs of three or four, maybe. And at $130 for one, now it's cost prohibitive because... 
now if you're somebody that's going to buy one for $130, you can get a nicer router if you only need one. So it, it is a very weird message to put out to say, yeah, we'll sell you one, but really please buy three. And that's the best way to use it. I, I wonder about the market. It's a confusing plan. product, huh? <laughs> it really is. I don't understand it. But then what do I know, right? Is there a new Google operating system for Android? Um, yeah. So so that's happening mostly. So the interesting thing is all these smart home things run a version of Android, right? Because they have to do all this uh, talking to each other. Um, there's Android 7.1 on the pixels. And that's not unlike what we've seen in Android 7.0. The bigger thing there is all of this new Google service stuff that we talked about that ties all this together, the Google assistant and all the artificial intelligence. That's all the new stuff. Um, in terms of a new version of Android, it's, yeah, it, it's about the same as we see on other phones that have 7.0 now. So it's just like a minor update to add these new services for their own products. Yes, of course. Um, there, there's nothing uh, substantial. It's mostly the, this pixel-specific stuff, like the extra support and the Google Assistant, and having a little, you know, a fresh coat of paint on some of the interactions in the operating system. It all looks nice. Don't get me wrong, but if you've seen Android 7.0 or interested in it, it's it's the same. And your chances of getting Android 7.0 on your particular mobile handset are still going to be slim to none. Uh, for most yeah, of for, unless you bought your phone this year, it's it's going to be kind of a shot in the dark whether or, you know when you'll get it. The big thing is that we don't know these new things that came to the pixels this week. We don't know how many of those things are part of Android itself that anybody can use, or how many of them are going to be Pixel and Google specific. Uh, we know Google Assistant is their big feature right now. That's specific to only the Pixel phones. And, you know, we know the support is specific to the Pixel phones and we don't know how much of this other stuff, you know, the visual changes are specific to that. And Google's not really saying there again, it's an interesting marketing message because they're selling these phones as one thing. But we're used to them releasing operating systems and talking about the features of the operating system. And it's a complete package this time around. Andrew, tell our listeners where they can find more information about what you do. Well, you can always find me on androidcentral.com. You'll find me there every day talking about Android. But you can also find me on Twitter at my name, Andrew Martinick, M-A-R-T-O-N-I-K. Also just talking about Android and fun stuff on there, too. Andrew Martinick, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Has neck, back, or shoulder pain got you down? Go to sunshine-pillows.com and get soothing comfort, support, and pain relief fast. Their microwavable heat therapy pillows and wraps treat neck and shoulder pain, reduce stress, and relax the soul. 
An ergonomic pillow from Sunshine Pillow supports your head and neck on long trips or when simply resting at home. Be good to yourself. Visit sunshine-pillows.com. sunshine-pillows.com. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Attention small business owners. Want to save money on your employee health insurance plan? Learn the little-known solution that could save thousands of dollars on your health insurance benefits and save your employees money, too. Call Health Markets for a free consultation, and one of our 3,000 local agents will show you how to make health care reform work for you. We'll design customized solutions for your business that can lower health care costs for you and your employees. We'll work directly with you to determine your needs. We search thousands of health plans from over 180 health insurance companies nationwide. You'll also find out if tax credits could save you money. Best of all, the service is free of charge. See why Health Markets has enrolled Americans in more than 2 million insurance policies. You don't have to wait for open enrollment to lower your cost. Call now. Find out how much you and your employees could be saving. Representatives are standing by to assist you. Call 800-930-5137. That's 800-930-5137. 800-930-5137. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries, from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Before we started our session with Kirk McElhern, also known as iTunes Guy, we can't say the iTunes guy because it's not in Apple's parlance to use the word the. It is not the iPhone. It is iPhone. It is not yeah. the Apple Watch. It is Apple Watch because 
well, you know, Apple wants you I, to I conform. Don't that. They don't get to dictate how grammar works. They haven't gotten that powerful yet. Yes, this is the <laughs> Philip Schiller grammatical police, and we do not accept them. In any case, so before we started, Kirk says to me, I have a tale of woe. And I said, can you tell me what it's about? And he says, when we get started, because I know that you like to hear tales of woe. So with bated breath, I await thee. So like you and like other people who are in our line of work, I have a lot of Apple gadgets, right? I've got a, I've got a pocket computer. I've got a book computer. I've got a folding portable computer. I've got a wrist computer even. And and I think it's really cool the way Apple makes features that combine these devices. So when you have more than one, you, you have useful features. One of the recent features I was interested in trying out is using my wrist computer to unlock my portable folding computer automatically. The way it works is since they connect with Bluetooth and, and since you're signed in on the iPhone with Touch ID, and that unlocks the watch. The watch can therefore connect through the iPhone to the computer, and it's all authenticated and all that. And it's a wonderful idea. Okay, I understand before we go on, this requires Bluetooth LE, like handoff features do, right? Right. So these are Macs made, I believe, in the last three years, and, and maybe even some older than that, because all the handoff stuff started, was it iOS 8? And also it's 2012 and later. Even right. though Bluetooth LE is available... On some Macs before 2012, they don't bow correctly to the gods of Tim Cook. No, it's it's not exactly the same. So I wanted to try this out. And one of the requirements to this is to use Apple's two-factor authentication. Now, two-factor authentication is a system, and, and you may be using this with accounts like Dropbox and Amazon and others, where you enter a username and a password, and then you get generally a six-digit code sent to your phone, and you type that in, and that confirms that you've got Three things. You've got the information about who you are, you've got something that you own, and you've got something that the service or website you're connecting to has just given you. While it's called two-factor, it's really a third. Now, I went to turn on two-factor authentication for my iCloud account, and this is the tale of woe. I do use two-factor authentication with a number of, as I said, Dropbox and Amazon and Google and Facebook and Twitter and, and all those sorts of things. And Apple's implementation is different. It's not simply that they send you a code by phone. It's that the first thing they do is they send you an alert on one of your, what they call, trusted devices. So my tale begins in the evening after dinner. I said to my partner, you know, I'm going to do this now. It won't take too long, right? You know what that's like. So I went to the appleid.apple.com website. This is where you manage your Apple ID, and this is where you can turn these things on and manage them. And I, and I set it up, and it wasn't too hard. It's simpler than the previous two-step verification that they had. But in order to keep people very confused, you can still find documentation about both of these. So this worked okay, and I logged in on my iMac, and I tried the watch, and, and well, it didn't work very well. And then I tried on my MacBook, and it didn't work very well, and it was late, and I said, I'll do this tomorrow. So I went upstairs. Well, now that I had two-factor two authentication, I had to re-authenticate on all my devices. So I had my iPad up in the bedroom, and I went into Authenticate, and it displayed a dialogue, and it said, enter the code. And then it said, oops, can't do this. Authentication failed. And I couldn't figure out what was going on, and there was no way that I could get the code for this. And it wasn't until the next morning I came down to my iMac, and... I 
think I had the iPad and I tried to do something, I noticed that an alert popped up on the iMac. And it's basically, it's a dialogue with a little map showing a location, which it said I was in London. Um, that's, I don't know, 100 miles away. And you have to click allow. And once you click allow, the code goes to the other device. Now, here's the problem. Nothing when I set this up, said that there was only only one device that could get these codes. Um, it was only my iMac that was able to do this. So in order to access any of my Apple devices, I needed to have my iMac. Now imagine if I had set this up just before I was going on a trip to some foreign country and I was worried about my data and I would have set this up, I wouldn't have been able to access my phone, uh, my data on my phone, my email messages, nothing like that. So I contacted Apple, and the first support person I got, this was really interesting, was someone in Singapore. Singapore. And You're calling from the UK. I'm calling from the UK, and it was someone in Singapore. Now, it's almost like I call DirecTV or something, or AT&T, and a lot of times somebody's in the Philippines. Yeah, but uh, Evidently, Apple they've farmed out a lot of their support. Apple doesn't usually do that. It's generally someone in Europe. Here, it's often in Cork, Ireland, which is where their main offices are. I've also gotten people in Portugal and Spain and in the Netherlands, but it's always people in the same time zone. So, so I think what happens is when they're overloaded in one time zone, they you know, dump support over onto other people. It's not like they just have a call center in Singapore and they're only using that. So this person wasn't very helpful. She didn't really know much about it. She said, well, I'll pass this on to a senior advisor and get back to you. I emailed her this morning, and then she replied in the afternoon, no, I'm in Singapore, and I'm not in your time zone, so I can't call you back now. If you want more help, just call the toll-free number, which I did. So basically, it is, I can't help you, start over. That's exactly it. So I got a very nice gentleman who was in Cork. And I explained the problem to him. And it took like five minutes to explain because he was having trouble grasping it. And he went away and he came back and he went away and he came back and he went away and he came back. And so it I guess he out, didn't know if he was coming or going. Well, I'm sorry, he, I couldn't resist that. I know. I know. So it turned out that there was a problem in trusting devices. So Apple's website, they have a, um, a technical document about two-factor authentication. And this document says, and I quote, a trusted device is an iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, etc., that you've already signed into using two-factor authentication. It's a device, a device we know is yours and can be used to verify your identity by displaying a verification code from Apple when you sign in on a different device or browser. It also says once signed in, you won't be asked for a verification device on that. You won't be asked for a verification code on that device again unless you sign out completely, erase the device, or need to change your password for security reasons. Now, this gentleman who was helping me from Apple said, no, 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 you have to enter that code every time you sign into something. So it's lying to you. Well, no, the support person just didn't understand. I said, let me ask you something. Do you use this? And he said, no. Have you, do you know how it works? And he said, well, I've seen it work. He didn't even pretend that he actually really knew enough about it. And I said, I'm reading from your technical document. Do you really, you're telling me that you think something is different from what Apple's website is saying? And he was kind of, you know, didn't know what to say. And he put me on hold. He eventually came back and said, well, you've got to restore your iPhone to factory settings. You've got to turn off this and turn it back on and sign out on all your devices. And signed. And I said, I said very politely, this isn't meant to be you, but are you effing kidding me? Are you really telling me that in order to implement a security feature, I've got to like erase one device, maybe others, sign out of everything? So that was it. I turned it off. Um, I'm less secure. I'm still quite secure because I have a secure password, um, but I'm not using two-factor authentication like this. It's just a ridiculous system. So here's the, here's the problem. It seems that 
the device you set it up on is automatically going to be a trusted device. It has to. There has to be one. But I'm supposed to be able to sign in on other devices so they get trusted and so they can get alerts. Now, my iPad Pro actually showed as a trusted device. When I went into the, the settings on the iPad, you can see a list of devices in which are trusted. Yet it wasn't getting alerts. The iPhone, um, even if I signed in... Um, I was unable to sign in through the settings to my iCloud account, but I was able to sign in to Apple's Apple ID website in a web browser. I didn't get the alert, but I was able to get a, a text message with a code. So I was able to sign in, but it still didn't trust the device. So basically, it's just this cluster F of confusion, which is extremely dangerous because – if you get this wrong, you're locked out of all your devices. Now, when I turned it off, it was a bit of a bear because I had to re-sign into everything, and I couldn't sign into some devices for an hour. Um, so it was kind of a hassle. I but, got one minor tale of woe, and in the next couple of minutes, we've got Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Paid non attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24 7. Call 800 261 That's 800 261 we use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. 
You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. Now there's finally a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP. And if you're one of the first 100 callers, you can try Transcend risk-free for 10 days. So call now, 1-800-441-0335. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. To guarantee your 10-day in-home trial, you must be one of the first 100 callers to call minicpap.com now. 1-800-441-0335. Again, that's 1-800-441-0335. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. So for Kirk McElhern, two-factor authentication, a non-starter. Here's something very simple, very common thing that you should do. I changed my... Apple ID password. That's a good thing to do every so often. So I enter the new password, and of course, then I have to re-authenticate all my devices. And after everything is set up, it starts asking me to enter the password again, which I do. And then it's giving me some rigmarole about having to reset the password all over again. But I can't use that password because you can only use a password that hasn't been used in the past year. So I basically had to do it twice because it screwed up one time. Now, I don't know about you. I'm thinking this is an iCloud issue in part. And if that's the case, we have a situation here where Apple is basically pushing us to use iCloud. They're pushing us to increase the storage of our iCloud drive because you want to take advantage of all the extra features in Mac OS Sierra. You want to share your desktop and documents folder. A lot of space there. If you do that, you've got to buy this storage. And it's still pretty crippled storage. You can't use a time machine back up there, for example, even if you're willing to pay for a terabyte or two. So at this point in time, I think a lot of the things we're seeing are due to issues with iCloud that Apple has got to solve, especially now where they've made it so important for us. 
Yeah, uh, there there are a lot of different things here that aren't necessarily related, but Apple did sort of leak some information that they're grouping together all these various services teams. When I when I saw one of these articles, I said this really isn't news. This is just a company reorganizing internally. But actually what it said to me is why hadn't they done this before? Because as you say iCloud is so important. These different groups. So let's just imagine, you know, the iCloud Drive group and the iTunes group and the Messages group, they're all in different places. They don't work together and they probably don't have enough contact. And so they are going to work together um, in the future. We're not talking about work together in the same building. Some of these no, no, groups are in totally in part different cities. They're in totally different cities. Yeah, but they're they're grouping them together and they're going to be working together. Not Not so much. It's not even a question of physically, but I think organizationally, they're going to be working together more than they were before. But the whole iCloud thing is a big problem. And and this two-factor authentication, Glenn Fleischman wrote a few interesting articles on Macworld, and he was on my podcast that committed the other day, um, and he was talking about it. In fact, that's what prompted me to, to set it up, was Glenn was saying how much better it was than the previous one. When you look at these articles and you try and understand what Apple thinks they're communicating to people, if their own technicians don't know how this works um, – I mean, I've worked in computer security, and I understand how all these things work. And I was unable to get this to work without calling AppleCare because there was just a problem in the way that they do this. And their support people actually knew less about it than what I could find on Apple's website. I mean, this is just – this is amateur stuff. You don't mess around with security because what happens is someone gets locked out of their account. um, They can't get their email. They can't. And send messages, phone calls, and then, you know, it takes hours or even days uh, to get, you know, to get um, um, access back. And I've heard some horror stories about people who've had problems like that. Then I read a story the other day in one of the Apple sites, Mac Rumors or Apple Insider, I think, about a problem where, for some reason, new iPhones are being activated with the wrong account or something. You had I, to go- I saw that. Yeah. And you had to go so, through all this nonsense to get your iPhone activated well, with your account. To prove that it belongs to you. So once some years ago, I, I made the mistake of selling an iPhone to someone and merely deleting, signing out of iCloud and deleting stuff. But I didn't do the thing in settings, which is delete all settings and content. If you don't do that, your Apple ID stays linked to the phone, even though it's not visible anyplace. And once the other person sets it up, they're going to see a dialogue asking for the the password that corresponds with your Apple ID. Now, the person I sold it to was lived not too far from me. So that person came over and said, hey, can you take care of this? And I did. I showed what we had to do to delete everything because I had to look it up to find out. Now, if they're selling new phones with someone else's Apple ID... The only thing I can think of, that there are two possibilities. One is that these are phones that were sold and returned very quickly because the iPhone 7 has not been out very long. Or two, somehow they got linked to an Apple ID during testing and didn't get erased correctly. I don't think anyone's ever looked into exactly how much testing they do. I mean, they do hardware testing, and they probably have a test suite that they just connected and everything gets done. But we don't know if the device actually, for example, does something like setting up um, uh, an Apple ID and, and the password and an account to make sure that all that works. I, I can't think of any other way that someone else's Apple ID would be in the device. I mean, this has to be entered physically somehow. It's not like you, you, you run a scanner over it that flashes the information into the device. No, this is something where you physically, manually 
enter your Apple ID and your password. There's that dialogue. Now, no, sometimes when you've reinstalled your OS on an iPhone, I see it will already enter your Apple ID, so you just authenticate with your password. When you reinstall, right, but not the first time. The well, first if you're time. doing an update like I was doing the public beta of iOS right, 10.1, then, then I had to do it. The first time you get you you have a new device, it doesn't know who you are. What, what I find interesting is if you buy a Kindle from Amazon, it comes with your username and password um, already entered into that Kindle. Well, is that now, secure? What if somebody steals something from your mailbox? Okay, no, it doesn't have the password. You do have to enter the password. My, uh, my correction. It comes with your account entered, so which is basically your email address, sure. and you still have to enter the password. But the, the, I, I'm assuming they just plug it into a device that connects it. So what that means is, in, unless they have some way of flashing the device, that means they don't package it until they've put that information into it. But when you buy a brand new iPhone or an iPad or a Mac, it's a blank slate. Exactly. And, and that's what I'd expect. This is but weird yeah, it, stuff. It, it, it's, it's weird. Again, the only possibility is that these are repackaged iPhones that were someone bought it and returned it. I don't like the color, that kind of thing. And it was new enough that they could repackage it. Or somehow during testing, something happened. Um, I, I can't see any other reason for that. And I'd be mighty upset if this happened to me because what this means is you can't you can't install the OS. You can't um, do anything with it until you've unlocked it with that Apple ID's password. Well, you so see, the logic I would take, I'd call Apple. And I'd say, well, that's, I, I that's paid for a brand new phone. If this has anybody else's name, it is not a brand new phone. Just replace it and let's get on with our business. Yeah, but of course, if if you got your brand new phone on the first day that it shipped, you may have to wait weeks now to get another one because they're out of stock. So therefore, you have to just follow whatever has to be done to get it restored and set up. Yeah, but you shouldn't have to spend hours um, doing something. I understand that. I I think it's just, yeah. No, I understand that. You shouldn't have to go through this nonsense. But it's telling me that Apple's online systems need work. Now, maybe it'll be more efficient if you've got all these groups working together in the same building or whatever. And I think they're all going to go to the new campus anyway. Regardless, you really have to have a lot of back and forth because all this stuff is so tightly integrated. But even then, even if they get it all together, and maybe these are teething pains because I understand now that Apple's bringing a lot of its web services in-house. They were using servers from Google, Amazon, yeah. and Microsoft before. You know, they weren't just using their own servers. They were leasing capacity space. from space, other companies. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not surprising. I mean, everyone does. I, I think a lot of listeners would be surprised to know that the vast majority of large websites in the world run on Amazon servers. Google is starting to catch up, and there are a couple other companies, um, but Amazon is really the leader with their um, AWS Amazon Web Services um, features, programs, whatever you call them. I mean, these are large sites. It's not like you get a small or medium site and you use cPanel or Plesk or something. In a situation like this, it's not like going to GoDaddy or Namecheap. It is you're demanding large amounts of space, storage for whatever you need. And a place like and, Amazon and are- offers it. And for that kind of system, it's fairly economical. It is. And it, it's reactive. It's scalable. I don't understand the Amazon system because I don't do that kind of stuff. Trust um, me, I know- I've read it from stem to stern. 
And yeah, I thought, I, you know, maybe I, I, I should try it, this, and it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, no, it's it's a little bit too complicated for us. But for people who are getting millions of, of page views and visitors on their websites, um, particularly if they're, you know, big e-commerce sites, it's just, it's the way to go. We'll get into more of this in our next segment. But the point being here is that Apple is going to rely strictly on its own servers and systems and everything. They're bringing everything in-house. And And they're building more data centers to be able to do this. Of course, they need more capacity. We've got Kirk McElhern. More capacity for four segments on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time, Numana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only Numana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the Numana difference. America-made food storage I love to eat. Yum! As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Apple is doing this, and do you think by having everything more integrated in terms of all the computers are theirs... The operating systems, the setups, the configurations are all theirs. That's going to help? I I don't know. And I think the problem with all of these, with a cloud system that does so many things, you you look at something like Dropbox, they basically do one thing and they do it quite well. Whereas iCloud is doing everything from serving up Apple Music to the iTunes store and streaming videos to managing your data to iCloud Drive. So it's a much more complex thing and it doesn't seem unlikely that one little glitch can sort of make the whole thing come falling down. 
That may also explain why Apple is doing all this. They realize the only way to make this work, because it's going to become more and more inclusive. The only way is to make sure everything is just nailed down. And if it's better organization with the various people managing the services, integrating everything, whatever has to be done, they obviously realize it has to be done. They're spending billions of dollars for a data center here in Arizona. They're building one maybe 15 minutes from here. So yep. if I ever want to see an Apple data center, of course, I'll get shot if I try to enter. But it's going to be a short drive from here. Yeah, and they just announced they're building a very large one in Denmark, and they've got a number of places where they're doing this. I think the logic here is to get all the people working together, all the managers working together, and to plan things out on a broader scale instead of each one. You know, these all started as individual products, and and back then they didn't have the conception of the, the big iCloud that they have now. So it's not surprising that things were built the way they were, and it's just time now that they make it more logically organized on the back end. Now, we won't see the difference. This is all stuff that is how the the servers are managed, how the data is stored and organized in the databases, and, and this is, you know, really high-end stuff. We won't see any difference if, other than perhaps we'll get better responses and fewer outages when things get organized, or as this goes through the sort of preparatory period, we may see some outages because they're moving things from one type of server to another. I don't know. Ultimately, though, things will just work. Now, when we're talking about features, and this is why I brought this up, Apple is selling large amounts of iCloud drive storage. The prices are, in terms of the amount of storage, competitive, almost identical to Google and Microsoft. I mean, they have different packages. But if you just look at the cost per gigabyte or terabyte, they're all in pretty much the same range. Now, suddenly with all that storage, is Apple's finding that it's putting itself in the same position as another Dropbox, as which they already, of course, encroach on that territory, but like a backup service like Carbonite or Crash Plan that they could set up systems there where you back up your entire Mac, say, through Time Machine. You can't do that now. It has to go to your local drives. But what about Time Machine backup to your iCloud drive? That's an interesting idea. I never really thought of it. Given the reliability of iCloud that we've known for years, I wouldn't trust my data to them. Uh, Again, I would rather it be a company that does just backups than Apple trying to just nail on another feature. But I'm assuming here, Kirk, they're going to fix this. They have to. They're making the investment. They're going to make it reliable. And if they make it reliable, and they're going to have to really sell it to me just as they're going to have to sell it to you. If they make it reliable, then there's no reason for them not to add these services because it means more people will buy the larger quantities of storage. And that means that Apple will earn more from its services. Sure, but it's got to be reliable. It's got to be really reliable. And it's just a sort of a commonplace in this industry among all of us tech writers that iCloud is just not reliable. Um, I think Apple really needs to prove itself. They, they need to show that that they can do this reliability thing the way other companies do it. And for now, they haven't. Well, I think if Apple gets into this, they're probably going to have to address that. They're going to have they to will. say, you know but, what? But I think it's we have added all these features... That will make iCloud better than ever, 
more reliable. They'll even try to give you some kind of benchmarks to say, look, we're more reliable than Amazon or Google or Microsoft. We could be more reliable than Crash Plan. So I could see the value. The only thing I'd like to see, though, if they're going to offer that storage for backup, they license an iCloud API for backup. So if Carbon Copy Cloner wants to allow you to back up to your iCloud drive, any of these apps, super duper, fine. It doesn't have to be Time Machine. It can work with any third-party app. I don't think they need an, an API as so much as simply a way of providing an addressable remote volume. So if you if you back up to Time Machine on a network device, right? If you back up on a, on a hard disk, it copies the individual files. If you back up on a network device, it creates what's called a sparse image, which is a type of a disk image that can expand when it needs more storage. It's a sort of a virtual volume that's on a network device. Technically, it wouldn't be hard for them to implement that on iCloud. It's not a full API they need. It's just a way of addressing a specific volume. So yeah, I, I could imagine that other... It would be interesting for other companies to be able to do that. It's true that if Apple were to launch something like that, it would purely be Time Machine. Now, I use Carbon Copy Cloner for a number of types of backups. Um, I back up my media drive to two other drives. I, I clone my operating system, my, my boot drive, to two other drives. And, and, that, and those are both different types of backups than Time Machine are. The question would be then, does Apple only want to do the time machine type of backup, or do they want to offer you other backups with their own software? If you remember, back in the .Mac days, there was an Apple app, was it just called Backup, I believe? That's right. Um, which did that. And you would go through it, and you'd check and uncheck folders or something. And it basically, it was up to your iDisk. And what did you have, 20 megabytes on the iDisk? This was not much back then. But it, it basically did that. It would back up selected files up to the iDisk in a certain type of archive. So you couldn't just go in and pull the individual files out. You had to restore them with the app. Well, as you say, if they make it directly addressable, you can set aside whatever partition you want for that purpose. As I said, in theory, you could get two terabytes. And if Apple sets it up, okay, my time machine backup is there up to a terabyte. This is my clone backup. The rest is for my photos. Yeah, two terabytes wouldn't be enough for my media. Google sells 10. 10 terabytes? Yep. Okay, I've never looked into that. Um, I, I know that my I've, I've hosted my email with Google now for about six months. So it's basically my domain that, that's on Google servers and Gmail. And I pay five bucks a month for that, and I get 30 gigabytes. When I bought a Chromebook some months ago, it came with a code that I entered to get another 100 gigabytes of Google Drive for free for two years. And that's really good when they do that. See, Apple, we've talked in the past about the, the problem that you only get five gigabytes for, for your account and not per device. Whereas with Google, you get 100 gigabytes for two years if you buy one of their devices. Right. If you just log into Google, though, it's 15. But even right, then, that's, that's three the basic, times that's more an Apple account. gives you. That's three times more an Apple gives you. I yeah, am reluctant, though, to put a lot of stuff on Google. I don't trust yeah. them. I assume with paid services, you could tell them, "Don't, don't catalog me," or can well, you? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that obviously they scan all email. Um, but I don't know what they do with files. And yes, it bothers me more to, to use Google for something like that. Well, I think Apple could really make something big there. 
the way they address privacy is exactly what you and I want and what most people want. Um, and, you know, look at what just happened to Yahoo. Uh, who would ever trust Yahoo with email again? Um, whereas we know that Apple is is honest about this. Whoever did trust Yahoo with email, it's like AOL. I, I never did. I did have a, a, a Yahoo account in order to use their Yahoo Group's um, uh, email mailing lists. And I maybe set that up 15 years ago. Um, and last week I deleted the account because it's like, I just simply don't want to be doing anything with Yahoo um, after what they did. I'd like to see what the other companies have to say about what Google and Microsoft have to say as a result. Of course, you can always use AOL. I mean, if it was good enough for a former Secretary of State, it's got to be good enough for everyone, right? Yeah. That's a joke, son. I know. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. We got to take a good break on the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi there, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. And we're looking in this time of terrible financial crash, terrible meltdown of the medical system, we're looking to pay people obscene amounts of money if you become a student of our business at Longevity, We will help you actually take care of people better than the medical system has. Think about it. We spend more money in America for healthcare than all the other 218 nations the world put together, and they can't even solve weight loss problems. I mean, the medical system have a total mental brain fart. And if you do this, you will be able to save an enormous amount of people from being overweight, being obese. They don't even know what causes obesity. Believe me, we know what causes obesity. In the medical system, they think it's from eating too much. It's not from eating too much. It's actually a mineral deficiency. Do you solve a iron deficiency anemia with a bone marrow transplant? That's what they think. Do you solve a mineral deficiency that causes obesity with a gastric bypass? That's dumber than a stump. Contact us at GCNminerals.com. Learn how to lose weight, look good, and save yourselves a gob of money. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Warning, if you've recently declared bankruptcy, you're going to want to change the station. Because there's an alternative to bankruptcy, and it could be faster than you'd ever think possible. But if you've already declared bankruptcy and have missed this opportunity, you'll want to change the station now. 
Here it is. Right now, the company that has resolved more credit card debt than anyone in the U.S. may be able to settle your debt, too. You could reduce your debt with one low monthly program payment. If you call right now and qualify, Freedom Debt Relief will show you how low your monthly program payment could be for free. Call now, 1-800-557-3965. That's 1-800-557-3965. If you're struggling with debt, this could be your answer. And the bigger your debt, the more money you could save. To find out for free how much of your hard-earned money Freedom Debt Relief could help you save, call now, 1-800-557-3965, Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE, TSM, and Sprint networks. Introducing Pix Wireless. Activate your Sprint. AT&T or unlock GSM phones with picks and choose from an arsenal of monthly plans or build your own. Starting at only $2.99 per month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PixWireless.com spelled P-I-X Wireless.com. Pick picks and get connected today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. All right. Enough of iCloud, two-factor authentication, and all the other permutations thereof. We'll have to keep looking at iCloud and see what Apple does to really put things together. And if they add all these extra services, that's going to be interesting. All right. Let's look at a few other topics kind of running around. And one is, of course, we all look at reliability of various products, mobile gear. But the most important thing and the, probably the most dangerous component on any of these devices is the lithium-ion battery, which has to be made to exacting standards, or it really becomes hot stuff. And that's unfortunately... Oh, hot stuff. That was good. That's a bad pun and a bad joke. But consider this. Samsung in August releases the Galaxy Note 7 phablet a week quicker than they had done previously. And that comes from the gentleman who preceded you, who's with Android Central, and he gave me all the straight scoops. So whatever I say has got to be true because Andrew says it's true. Okay, so the key being here is that they also got the thing into the stores a lot quicker than normal. Some suggest they did this too quickly because suddenly we're hearing reports, as most of you know, of overheating batteries bursting in the flame whatever i mean it's got to be pretty bad exploding phones the case of the exploding phone this really blew up on them i couldn't help that all right they fixed the thing okay i mean they recall it and then the other day somebody goes on a southwest airlines plane and they turn off the phone not just left on idle they turn the thing off and the thing overheats and they drop it and burns through the carpeting on the plane they had to evacuate the plane This was supposed to be a fixed phone. I mean, if you look into your fixed Galaxy Note 7, and I warn anybody, just don't use it, give it back, you will see a battery icon in green that says this is the fixed phone. Mm. 
This person got it from AT&T, a fixed phone. What's going on there, man, with Samsung? I think a number of people have said that, you know, if this happened to Apple, if they had batteries that were burning and iPhones that were exploding, there would be a congressional investigation and a class action suit and a battery gate and all that. I find it interesting that there isn't as much of a an uproar about Samsung, even though Samsung does sell a lot of phones. I believe Samsung sells more phones um, than Apple, maybe not in the States, but around the world. But it's kind of surprising because Samsung is a big manufacturer in addition to, you know, a company that sells retail. I mean, they manufacture components for the iPhone and other Apple devices. It, it kind of makes you wonder what's going wrong with the battery. And, you know, we've we've got batteries all around us. On my desk, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six devices with batteries. I've got a Kindle over there, and i got a couple more. I mean, there's batteries all over my house, devices with, you know, lithium-ion batteries. And yet this hasn't happened in, in a large scale before. I'm really curious as to why it happened. Is it a design problem that the phone was too tightly packed and no room in it? Is it the, the component itself a problem with the manufacture of the batteries? I, I don't know. I think a third party made the batteries, but that's no excuse. Now, I understand if you go online and look at mobile phone exploding or overheating, it happens occasionally to everyone. Even iPhones, sure, there have been, there have been a one or two phones, reports yeah. here and there yeah. of problems. We're talking here of dozens for one product. Now, as I've said before, I've said this on the TechNightOwl.com. Whatever you think of Samsung, even if you prefer Android, don't buy a Samsung smartphone. Don't do it. Because we don't know. It's not that their products are necessarily much better than LG or HTC or even this new Google Pixel, or rather, we call it Pixel Phone by Google. Samsung has no exclusive on decent smartphones. You can buy them from a lot of companies. Just don't buy them from Samsung. Probably you'll save money, too. Yeah, to pour gasoline on the fire. Uh -huh. Oh, sure, do um, it. Th there were also stories about um, Samsung washing machines bursting into flames. There were you a couple know, of these that happened in the States. Right. Well, of course, you get all that hot new clothing. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's, it's surprising because I, I'd be curious to know what actually happened. You know, why this is happening. Well, I'm curious to see what's happening now in South Korea. Does Samsung bring in the executives and say how they've dishonored the company? I mean, this is worse even than Volkswagen with the diesel engines. Because, well, no, all right, they no, put out no, more no. pollution and all that. I guess there are theoretical and practical problems, especially with people with lung problems and having dirtier air. But here's something but, where you could literally burn yourself up. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think the big difference is this is either a design or a component problem or something, whereas Volkswagen was simply fraud, that they just simply lied in order to save money. I think that the motivation here is important to highlight. I don't think Samsung did this intentionally to use a cheaper battery or something like that. That just doesn't make sense. If a dishonest company or dishonest executives do something, and you can trace what they did and see the consequences... But when you're supposed to be building something that anyone could buy at any of hundreds of thousands of stores, you buy it, you take it home, you give one to your kids, and it can burn up. Yeah, but again, we need to know why this is happening. So you're talking about the Google Pixel, and, and you mentioned it earlier before we were recording. Um, I think this is really interesting. I'm really glad to see another major manufacturer of a phone and now we know that google's you know they make android and all that so this is just a sort of um 
what's the term? They kind of just like shifted halfway to make this, what did you say, the, the Pixel by Google? Is that how they, they call it? Officially, um, it is Pixel Phone by Google. Phone by Google. I mean, it's a very uh, awkward title. Yeah. I, I think it's good, though. Apple needs more competition. Samsung needs more competition. What I regret is it's so expensive. It's just as expensive as an iPhone, and I, I'm not sure how they're planning to compete. Is this just competition to get Android users, or are they really competing to try and get iPhone users to switch? And if they were doing the latter, the price has to be a lot lower. If I look here, I can get a 128-gig um, pixel, the small one, right, the five-inch display for 700 pounds. That's pretty much, you know, exactly what the iPhone 7 costs. Even um, worse, even worse, it looks like a generic Android phone. There's no distinguishing design. The components okay. are I'm, all in I'm the gonna, same range. Be, I mean, I'm, if you look at other flagship smartphones with the Android OS, there's nothing especially different or unique. In fact, the benchmarks that have been released already show it is worse in performance in most respects than an iPhone SE. An iPhone I'm, 6S is faster. I'm, I'm going to voice a radical opinion. I don't really care what my phone looks like. It's not a piece of jewelry. It's a pocket computer. I use it to make phone calls and get emails and surf the web and listen to audiobooks and read on my in the Kindle app. I don't care what it looks like. I'm not buying a phone because of what it looks like. Uh, an awful lot of people buy phones that they can afford rather than buying because it looks the way it does. People don't buy an iPhone because it looks specifically better than another phone. They buy it because it's the iPhone that's currently available. I'm sorry. I really don't care what it looks like. If it if it's Functional, if it's affordable, then I'm interested, but this is just too expensive. More to come with Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson of the Genesis Communications Network. Over the 30-plus years I've been in finance, I can see that the world economy is now at a critical point. Unlimited money creation and runaway debt could trigger a collapse of the financial system. It's imperative that you protect yourself in case of hyperinflation or even deflation. Investment Rarities has put together a survival bag of 200 silver quarters. These 90% silver quarters are dated 1964 and earlier. Each quarter is worth almost $5. If a quarter has already reached $5, the trend is obviously on your side. These survival bags sell for $8.95 delivered. Call 800-328-1860 to order today. Not only can these quarters be used for barter in a brief period of hyperinflation, they have the potential to appreciate 5 to 10 times. Call 800-328-1860. Get one for each member of your family. Call 800-328-1860. That's 800-328-1860. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Owl Live talking about pixel, comma, Phone by Google. That's the way I'm going to refer to it. Okay, the Pixel, phone by Google. What unique features does it offer? Forget about the fact that, you know, it looks reasonably attractive like another flagship smartphone from anybody. It looks generic. The features are generic. The parts are generic. The only thing you're really getting out of it is 24-7 support from Google and tighter integration with Google services because it's plain vanilla Android. It's not cluttered with junkware from the carrier or from the handset maker. So if you want the pure experience, that's it. Now, the Nexus line of phones did some of that too, except the difference here is with Nexus, Google would go to one of its companies like Asus or Motorola before they bought him or any of these companies, and they would build Nexus phones for them. With Pixel, they hired some former engineers from Motorola 
to set up a manufacturing division. The problem here is what expertise beyond building Chromecast video streamers and those silly Google glasses, what expertise does Google have in manufacturing a new product from scratch? Well, it's not a new product from scratch. It is for them. It's it's a product that's mature. There are a couple of interesting features in the phone, and one of them is tied to Google services. Um, you get unlimited storage of photos and videos. That doesn't require this phone, except that it does now because it's set up this way. But in theory, any Android smartphone, if Google allowed it, could have that same feature. The but fact Google that it's doesn't. exclusive here is simply a matter of logistics and marketing. It's right. not a feature and of the phone. It is a feature. It is a marketing ploy it's a Google from Google. Service. Right. It's it's similar to Apple's iCloud. The other the other one that is a feature that, that the iPhone doesn't have is they have a quick charge, and, and their website says you can get seven hours of battery life in just 15 minutes of charging. Now, that's good. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's not yeah. unique with Pixel. Doesn't. Excuse me. Pixel, comma, built by Google. <laughs> built by Google. And let, let us not let Wait us a minute. Forget. Wait a minute. I did it wrong. Pixel, comma, Phone by Google. Phone by Google. Let us not forget that the Pixel was also the name of their really expensive Chromebook, the one that was sort of the competitor for the 12-inch MacBook. I know it's not original. I guess this means that they expect the Pixel line to become more of a full-fledged manufacturer of hardware. They've got a fair amount of hardware now. They've got the Chromecast, and they came out with a new virtual reality thing. They're also releasing, I believe it's called Google Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's a second-generation product because they had that last year. They introduced no, they a Wi-Fi they had router. the individual router, and now what they've they've done it's is they've packs. set it up as, as a mesh networking system. So you buy three routers for I think it's three or four hundred dollars, and you put them in different places in your home, and they all link up together with apparently very little setup required. Well, the original um, they, Google Wi-Fi was just not a very good router, and this one it's a good idea. The problem is the way it's set up is. Each unit has one Ethernet port, one Ethernet port. So if you want to use it, say it's an Ethernet switch, which you can do with most other routers, you don't have that capability. You would then have to say, I'm going to go over to Staples for $35. I'll buy a five-port Netgear switch. I guess you could do that. I, I think most people don't use that sort of stuff. You and I do. I've got my router has four ports and I have a five-port switch connected to it because I've got a server, I've got a bunch of devices, um, but most people don't. So I don't think that's an issue. For the people who do, they get a switch, and, and that's it. If you live in a larger home where you need a repeater system for your Wi-Fi router, I think it's a good, it's a good approach. If you live in an average home where a really good router, properly positioned, yes. will be enough yeah. for you, there's no need for this system because you can get something like that for a lot less than 300 Even the top-flight routers from some companies like Apple or Linksys are closing in on $200. I lived in a place once where I needed an extender. Well, I do. Um, my my I, I'm in a fairly large house now, and the Wi-Fi isn't really that good. Um, it's an old house. There are some pretty thick walls. So I do need an extender. Um, Apple's stuff is just, it's years. I mean, the, the Airport Extreme is three years old. They're way behind in terms of technology for Wi-Fi. I just won't use their stuff anymore for Wi-Fi. Um, but I am actually quite interested in this Google thing because I mean, there are a couple of other com companies that do this. I think one is called Eero, and there's Ubiquity that's just launched something in the U.S. 
the idea of having three devices that, that make a mesh network is is not unique to Google, but I think they're going to be able to perhaps um, democratize this because none of these other two companies are selling outside the U.S. yet. And I believe Google's going to be selling in a number of countries fairly soon. Well, as I said, I think there is an idea there that with the right kind of home, and you have a really big, beautiful home, and you need multiple routers, you need something with an extender, and you don't want to have to bother configuring that because it it can be sometimes be a little bit flaky, something that mm. just works out of the box. I suppose, assuming you're getting decent performance otherwise, I suppose this is one way to go. It's an approach that works for a certain group of people, maybe a small company too, that wants to spread its network over a wider storage space. Yes, for businesses, it could be very good. Um, you know, you've got a lot of people connecting, so you need more robust Wi-Fi. But it would be a small business because once you get into the sort of, you know, more than 10 employees, there, there are other solutions. I, I have a wireless access point from Ubiquity here, which is a professional thing. It's designed, it's a system that's designed to, to have two or five or 100 or 500 Wi-Fi access points on the same network. It's not ideal for my home, and I was planning to buy a second one to extend it, and seeing this, I'm holding off to wait to see what Google does, because the Ubiquity thing is not simple to configure. It's really designed for you know an IT professional, and it's just not ideal for home use. So I'm not seeing this necessarily for businesses. This is the kind of thing for a business you've got, I don't know, a, a, you're a real estate broker or you've got a, a coffee shop or something and you need simple Wi-Fi. Um, but any larger business wouldn't be using something like this. As I said, small business, large home. Yeah. And maybe there's enough of a market there because this is an area where other companies haven't tried. Because as you say, if you want to add an extender it's not always user-friendly. I mean, sure, you can get a network even of Apple Airport Extremes, but even then, Apple doesn't make it quite as user-friendly as it could be. But if you just open the box and maybe you set up your password and everything and all the rest of the equipment is just automatically set up for you, I can see a value in that. Anything else about what Google announced that's interesting? What, AI? Yeah, I didn't really pay much attention to that. I'm not too sure about um, there are other things there, Google Assistant or whatever it is. Um, I only really saw the hardware for now, so I can't really um, address these other. You know, they've got tons of new stuff. But uh, th actually, what's interesting is it's the hardware that floated on top of the news and the rest of it, you know, I haven't heard about, even though I read sort of general tech news. So, Well, Android didn't change much. There is a version 7.1 but the major changes are just to support the Pixel. And it's not at all clear that other users, even if they got that OS, would benefit much. I don't know. I mean, most users can't update their phones because they they buy phones that are locked with carriers and, and they can only get the updates when the carriers want. And And apparently this is the case with, is the Pixel a Verizon exclusive in the States, I believe? Okay. And so... I think it's Verizon, and so whatever carrier is going to have it in the States has said that you won't be able to get the updates immediately, whereas you can buy this unlocked from Google, which is, you know, a much better I, – I, if you're going to spend this much for a phone, you should buy it unlocked. You have more control, particularly if it's Android. Um, you don't have to worry about a carrier. You're not locked into a, a contract or a payment plan or anything like that. And you use your credit card. Yes, there's a payment plan, 
but you control what you do there. You're not yeah. locked into a contract. And, you know, if you spend $750, $769 or something for an iPhone 7 Plus, that's a fixed item you pay for on time. More to come. I'm the tech. Night Owl Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning graphic converter, the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. Get 20% off from lemkesoft.de slash gene. That's l-e-m-k-e-soft.de slash gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time. New Mana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only New Mana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the New Mana difference. America-made food stores all love to eat. Yum! Diabetes is at war with your circulatory system. Fight back with Cardivite. Cardivite is a dietary supplement containing powerful herbs for circulation and healthy cardiac function. Improve your energy, stamina, and mental acuity. Reduce swelling, cold hands, and risk of amputation. Get your blood flowing with Cardivite. This five-star rated product was developed by a diabetic pharmacist and is available online at www.getbloodflowing.com. That's www.getbloodflowing.com. Hi, I'm Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we are fighting to end premature birth and birth defects along with the March of Dimes. You can do something today to give them tomorrow. Your support means programs, education, life-saving research, and a voice for families in the newborn intensive care unit. Together we can save babies' lives. Give them tomorrow at marchofdimes.org tomorrow. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. 
Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. You're listening to The Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So if you buy it unlocked from Apple, you buy a Pixel XL unlocked for $769 from Google and use your MasterCard or your Visa, your American Express, whatever, Discover card. You control that environment because, practically speaking, it's a time purchase unless you pay it off at once. You pay Mm -hmm. a certain amount every month that you build for that and other purchases. Once you do that, though, you have the full freedom of an unlocked phone that you can sell at any time. The difference is if you go to the carrier and agree to their plan, you're locked into paying for a certain number of months before you can sell it. It's not yours. Whereas if you buy it with your own credit card, it is yours. So like I said, if I had the choice, I have a $769 plus tax credit line on my credit card still available. And I want to buy an iPhone 7 Plus or the Pixel comma phone by Google XL. I do it on my credit card. I have full control over the product. It's not tethered to the payment plan. It's untethered. Yeah, I agree. I buy my phones like that. I buy my, I, I've never bought a phone on contract, actually. Well, there is that, you see? Yeah. And even then, yeah. I could see the credit card providers can say, you know what? You're a good customer for those who want to buy a new smartphone. We'll give you a little extra credit line to do it. What the heck? They make the money back on 22% interest. Well, that is that problem. Usually, these plans from the carriers or Apple, there is no interest. Let's look at just one thing which is philosophical. Kirk, you have an article there called The Disconnect Between Tech-Savvy Users and Average Users. This is also the dilemma that tech writers go through because you have to look at what your audience is, not on what you do, because you're not in the same category. I wrote something um, recently, and I got irked by some of the comments. Um, So Apple decided to start pushing downloads of the macOS Sierra installer to people. And I wrote an article about this, and and I think it's just not fair um, for a number of reasons. You know, a lot of people, they have data cap limits. They may not have a lot of bandwidth. So if this thing's downloading and it blocks your bandwidth and you don't know why you're trying to stream Netflix and you can't watch anything, it's just not right. You don't push five gigabytes of files onto someone's computer without 
uh, their authorization. And a number of people commented, oh, but this is only if you have automatic updates turned on. And some of the comments were really impolite to the point that I had deleted them. And, and I haven't had to do that too often on my website. Uh, I was getting people insulting me saying that I'm stupid because the people turned this feature on and that's their fault. Well, there is a definition issue here because with updates, we think of minor updates. Well, here's El Capitan, 11.1, 11.2. It's not the entire operating system. It's not suddenly well, you're getting this huge file, a major decision about upgrading to a new operating system, and some of that is taken out of your hands because they are interpreting this option you checked more liberally than it should be. But see, you're going too far. The problem is that when people are confronted with this choice of turning on automatic updates or not, it happens shortly after you install, you either you install a new um, operating system on a Mac or you um, set up a new computer. You get a small notification in the top right corner of the screen asking if you want automatic updates. Now, you know that most people just out of habit click OK to everything on their computer, especially when they're setting it up and they've got a lot to do. So people don't realize exactly what this means. Some OS 10 updates were two gigabytes. There were some very large updates for iWork apps, three, four, 500 megabytes each. Uh, this is an awful lot of data. So one of the comments I got is, well, these people turned it on. It's their fault. You know, you're stupid for saying that they should complain. The problem is that people turn it on because they don't know what it is. This was the point of, as I called this article, the disconnect between tech-savvy users and average users, that you've got people who work with computers and they know so much and they think that everyone else is just an idiot because they don't know as much as them. Add to that the sort of anonymity of comments on websites and all that, and it's just an insult that's unnecessary. And, and I think the real insult is not so much to me, it's to the users who get stung by something like this and who aren't aware. Bandwidth caps. Um, we talked a couple of years ago when I had satellite internet, there was a limit as to how much I could use during the day, but after I believe 11 at night till six in the morning, I was unlimited. Now, if this stuff started downloading during the day, um, I would have a lot of problems. It would use up, I believe the limit I had during the day was 50 gigabytes um, for a month. And so it would use up a tenth of my data. The, the problem here is that we've gotten to the point where computing is mature. Computing devices have been around for a long time. A lot of people are familiar with them. 10, 15, 20 years ago, you and I were using these things and people looked at us as if when we were typing on the keyboard, as if we were doing magical incantations. Um, it's a lot more familiar now. But there is still this sort of disdain from people who know what they're doing toward those who don't. What really surprises me is that any of these people, they go to like a Thanksgiving dinner, there's always someone who doesn't know how to do anything on an iPhone or whatever. And these people see them. I wonder if they abuse their family members the same way that they abuse strangers like this. You pointed out about tech writers, and this is one of the points I made in my article. My job is to explain technology to people who either do understand it a lot. And I used an example of an article I wrote for Macworld about using a time machine from the command line, which is the terminal application. You know, that's high-end stuff. I also explained to people how to find the shuffle button in the music app in iOS 10. So I'm really aware. I really pay attention to what average users do and what they need. And I get lots of emails from readers, you know, particularly for the iTunes guy column. But I think it's a, it's a level of disdain that is just, it's sad to see that people are complaining about things like this and, and being abusive. It's this assumption that everyone knows how to use, that everyone should know how to use a computer, an iPhone, an iPad, or whatever, which is simply wrong. And of course, what Apple did here is just wrong. I, I think, and 
the title of my article about this is Apple is U2-ing macOS installers to users running older versions of its operating system. There is no verb U2-ing, but I coined it because we all remember when they put the U2 album in everyone's um, iTunes library. You know, when you look at the fact here is that most people know just a few basic things with their technology and that's it. And I could liken this to somebody you've all heard of, of course, Hillary Clinton, who famously is not that tech savvy. And a lot of what happened with her email, think about it. It's just somebody, I want to do it simple. I want one device to carry around. I don't want to be annoyed with the details. You figure it out. And that's probably precisely why this email thing even started. This was someone having 100 things to do, and this is number 110. Yep. And that's all it is, and the rest is a bunch of political nonsense. It's all about somebody who wanted to do hands-on work with her particular job. She did not care a whit about all this other nonsense. And, of course, what this means here is now those who hate Hillary Clinton will write me and say something. But it's not about that or what you think of her politics. It's about a normal business person wanting to use technology, and they don't want to deal with all the crazy details. And well, that's what most back- people are. I think most people just want the things to work and don't annoy me with this crap. I got other things to do. This brings us back to my tale of woe that I said at the beginning of this show, this problem with Apple's two-factor authentication, which is extremely confusing, even for me, who admittedly knows a fair amount about computers and security. Yes, okay. that is indeed the issue. So it's just things are too complicated, and we just need to respect everyone. That's all. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find me on my website, Kirksville. It's at McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. You can find me at Macworld, where I'm the iTunes guy. And you can listen to my podcast, which is called The Next Track. It's a podcast about how people listen to music today. You can find that at thenexttrack.com. On Twitter, we're Tech Night Owl. We have another radio show about UFOs, things that go bump in the night, called... The Paracast on our guest this week is a guy named Dr. Jeffrey Mishlove, who is the only person ever to receive a degree in parapsychology. I don't think many even offer it. We have an, also have a special feature of this show called Tech Night Out Plus, where you get the commercial-free version of this show, better quality audio. To learn more, go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. Check it out. Low subscription rates, a great way to support the show and get the pure vanilla Nexus Pixel-inspired version. I don't know where I started with that. Kirk <laughs> McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Uh, thanks for having me again, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.